welcome to Direct Relief News. I'm your host, Amarika Raffanelli. Today on the podcast, Hurricane Laura is barreling towards the Texas-Louisiana border after intensifying into a Category 4 storm Wednesday. Unsurvivable storm surge and high winds are expected to cause catastrophic damage in some areas. In Beaumont, Texas, where the storm is projected to make landfall early Thursday morning, residents remain under mandatory evacuation orders. On this episode, we speak with Lauren Rahi, the executive director of the Ubi Caritas Health Ministries in Beaumont, about how her community is preparing and what health needs she anticipates arising in the aftermath of the storm. So I just want to talk with you about how you've been preparing for this storm. What does that look like for your health center? So this is about our third um, incident in um, three years. We had Harvey that hit our area. We are um, in Beaumont, which is right next to Port Arthur, Texas. So we make up what they call the Golden Triangle. And what that is is a group of cities together that make up an area. And so Beaumont, that, Port Arthur, Nederland, Port Natchez, Bridge City, um, Orange, that area. So I don't know if you're familiar with the devastation Harvey did, but our area went through that. And um, Mm -hmm. the clinic sustained damage. It was horrible for the patients we serve um, just in regards to they lost jobs due to closures. It was just it was very bad in regards to flooding. It was a historical um, flood for, you know, our area. So then we are just now at about a year out from Amelda, which hit us, um, another tropical storm that came in and had historic flooding. And so we're just now at about a year and some of our patients have just even got back into their homes. Um, in fact, just because of COVID, a lot of our Amelda, um, construction for our dental clinic just got finished about two months ago. So we're now here a year later looking at um, preparing for the same kind of devastation from a storm again. So we, we're not, um, we're not foreign to this type of stuff. We, I guess it kind of seems like second nature now, but we started a course when the news started coming out that we might have um, possibly at that time, it was Marco and Laura coming our way within a week. We started a course with all of our disaster preparedness. Um, We have case managers that started reaching out to our parent, our patients at the beginning of the week. Um, Even starting Sunday evening, they started, we came in and some started calling to see if what their evacuation plans were if they were going to need assistance in regards to staying or getting assistance to get to any of the centers where evacuation would happen. So we started doing that. You just board up the windows and make plans. We do, for our medical clinic, have a generator um, that will turn on um, with propane, but you never know how long you're going to be out. Um, Now that they're saying a Category 5, it could be even weeks before we're able to get back. So, you know, that'll only run for so many hours with um, the propane that's available. So 
that's what we started doing. We, of course, have a phone tree, so we're keeping in touch with our staff, and we actually, um, our staff has a list of patients, so they'll start checking in with them once we get news back about, uh, you know, the clinic and what the status is of our area once the storm passes through. So that's, those are the steps we take um, just to prepare and get prepared for it. Mm. And based on those conversations that you had with your patients, you know, what are your most pressing concerns for them right now? You know, our most pressing would be a lot of our patients do not, um, you know, a lot of our patients are elderly. Um, They don't necessarily have a lot of family around and they don't have transportation. So our biggest issue was making sure that we're going to have transportation to get to an evacuation site in our area. They had different sites set up at different of the um, Beaumont schools. And so if they got there, they got screened, first of all, because we're also battling COVID um, protocols at the same time you're trying to do evacuations. So they had to be screened and then their information was given and then they were put on buses and sent to shelters in the um, Dallas and San Antonio areas. So that, first of all, not only that, if they are evacuating, you know, we have to make sure that they have the amount of medicine they'll need to be evacuated. And then once they are evacuated, figuring out where they all are and their ease to get back in touch with us if they need medicine for wherever they are, depending on if they can get back into their homes um, or back into the area, you know, for refills and, and those type of things to make sure they have the medicine and the medical needs that are met wherever they are so mainly making sure where they are but we'll the bigger need like I said with Amelda we have patients that just got back into their homes so we have found in this type of situation a lot of what we start to do goes way past their medical needs we really become almost case managers for these patients in regards to getting them the help they need, the helping walk them through getting set up for FEMA, um, what they're going to need. We Last year with Amelda, we were going in with um, organizations and helping gut some of our patients' homes so they weren't living um, in the mold and the wet and the damp um, conditions that their homes were in. So it almost becomes uh, they're, you're worried about meeting their medical needs, but you're also doing a lot of outreach just to make sure that all their other needs are met because that affects their health all the way around. Wow. Okay. So you're saying that you, um, you know, you're expecting in the aftermath of all this behavioral yeah. health issues to arise and then just other issues in terms yeah. of housing. Yes, that's part of, you know, we are, we're a nonprofit health ministry, and we also have a lot of outreach programs. So our certified community health workers work also as case managers. So it becomes a need of the aftermath for them. So, you know, our main need, what we'll do is once we know we can get back into the area, of course, we're going to see, you know, the situation of the clinic and if how fast we can get back up and running to treat those patients. A lot of ours we are very fearful and have already found a good number of our patients did not leave the area. So we'll want to make sure that we're back up and running as soon as we can. Um, even if it's, we have to bring in a mobile on site, um, clinic to be able to do that. 
Um, and then we are looking to relief organizations like yours and AmeriCares to help us try to figure out how we're able to still treat those patients if our building is damaged. Wow, wow. So you have a significant number of patients that are staying despite the mandatory evacuation. Yes, yes, yes. I would say probably with the number of calls they were able to do before um, the staff had to leave the clinic, I would say at least probably 5%, possibly 10% of our patients are still staying in that area. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then, and a lot of it is they've been through, you know, they've been through two back-to-back floods and a lot of them don't want to leave. You know, they don't. For our patients, what they have is that's all they have. That's what makes them feel safe and secure. And so leaving that is a big ordeal for them. They don't want to leave, you know, one of the things that they feel is the only thing they have, which is their home. Mm. And and for those patients that did leave and, and evacuated to shelters, you mentioned that many of them um, are older. They're a high-risk group. Are you concerned yes. about COVID? Yes, yes. Um, in fact, our main population of patients are diabetic, um, morbid obesity, hypertension, all of those that fall into that underlying conditions. And so COVID is a big concern. We will be looking now as patients return probably to monitor if they're going to need testing. So you add that on to an already, I mean, it's almost like having two disasters at one time, back to back um, on top of each other, because this pandemic is a disaster in a way for the um, group of people that don't have health insurance and are forgotten. And we've already seen our number of cases of patients increase that don't have insurance. You know, patients who did have insurance in our area and due to COVID, you know, and the losing their jobs or their um, employer had to drop the health benefits. So we've had an increase of uninsured patients already. So that will be a necessity um, in coming back is they've gone to these shelters um, where, you know, how well can, I mean, I know that all these shelters are going to be trying to social distance, but how well can you really do that in a situation like this? Um, so that'll be a concern when they come back, definitely, is if, you know, COVID testing for those patients, if they have symptoms or have been exposed and trying to figure out if they have been exposed. 